Hello, my name is Naranjan, the host of Master of Your Crafts podcast. Learning from leaders who are continuously inspired, passionate, and driven to align with their soul purpose, sharing their gifts to bring healing to others. The music is composed by Rebecca Everett. Today is episode number seven, where we will talk to Rebecca Everett and learn how she developed the mastery of music as her craft. Rebecca is currently composing and recording for TV, film, theater, records, and performing in Toronto and internationally. Victoria-bred Toronto-based musical artist, Rebecca Everett has a keen melodic sense which is ideal for a working songwriter and composer. Bespoke songs crafted for scenes in film, along with her orchestral background and cinematic feel, is a perfect match for her songwriting and composition sensibility. Since her relocation to Toronto, she's been busy co-writing and was in an in-house writer for OLC. She's collaborated with many different writers in Canada, US and Europe. Some highlights are the radio single I Remember on Shiloh's Juno nomination album Picture Imperfect and a song on Jimmy Rankin's Forget About the World Juno nomination. Rebecca's songs have turned up on TV with placements on Degrassi, The Next Generation, Lost Girl, CH Live, CBC, and Next Star, and many upcoming film releases. Her most recent award was being granted a residency with the Slate Music Residency at a prestigious Canadian film centre for 2016 and 2017. The residency was a micro lab of songwriters and composers for film by Canada's top upcoming directors, producers and writers. Rebecca's experience as a professional violinist, singer, and multi-instrumentalist has brought a rich tapestry of sound in a dispose of genres to her songwriting and compositions. Hello, and welcome to Rebecca. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) How are you doing today, Rebecca? You doing well? I'm good, thank you. You? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited for this conversation, especially because you have created such magical pieces um, musically. Well, you recorded my, my music for my intro, which I'm honored and proud to, to say that you did that. So I'm grateful for that. So thank you. Oh, thank you. So I'm going to delve right into some of the questions that I have because I'm curious about you a little bit more. Sure. What is it you believe about you and what is it you feel that defines Rebecca who Rebecca is? I suppose that uh, in regards to music uh, in, in my career, I, I really have followed a path that's always been connected to music. So for me, 
feeling like that is the way I like to express myself and that's the way I can feel the most me and share the most me with everyone is feels like my method of that in this life you know I love that <laughs> that's okay I wanted to I'm not talk- used to t- talking about me I'm not I know I can see making that. music so. <laughs> You've always been in the industry of music. You've always gravitated towards an instrument of some sort because I know you play a number of instruments and taken to it so naturally and innately. What is it that aligns you with that? When I was a very small child, I started playing violin and that was my desire, it wasn't, my parents didn't say, you need to take violin classes. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I kept asking and asking and asking and finally they believed me. So that was my first instrument that I learned and I loved it. I loved, loved violin. And as a, I guess I was around 10 years old, I went through a really traumatic experience and it was sort of related and attached to making music and violin in grade five. I won't go into all the gory details. I had this teacher who loved me. She was like a mother. She, I would bring my violin to class and play it for everyone, you know, show and tell. Nice. And she would say, oh, I love you. You know, I was, I was Becky back then. I love you. And, <laughs> and it, we really had this fairly strong bond. Anyways, we went on a camping trip and boys came into our tent and we got busted and, you know, it was all just fun camping. And anyways, this teacher blamed me for it all and the camping trip got canceled and she said, I don't love you anymore. And she called me a slut. And so I was 10 years old. The entire, we went back, we were on an island off of the island I grew up on. Mm -hmm. And we went back home. There was a whole school board meeting with all the parents of all the kids that were there, all the teachers, the whole school board. And it was all about me. (laughs) It was so shameful and so Mm. horrific. I was going to be student of the year, got stripped of my student of the year award. And she was calling me a slut in front of all these parents and teachers. And all we did was have boys in our tent. It was like, we are 10 years old, you know, and I got stripped of all these things. And one teacher who was really kind stood up for me. I was supposed to be the lead role in the play and sing in it. He said, we can't take that away from her. This is something that she's good at and she needs, she needs to do this. And I think it's too important to try and take this away. And that teacher still really tried to take that away from me. But luckily, luckily um, he got through to them and I got to perform. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the performance. And meanwhile, I've lost friends, you know, other parents that didn't want their kids hanging out with yeah. me. And I don't know how I became the scapegoat. But anyways, the teacher had it out for me. So I remember standing on stage like crystal clear, being up there looking out into the audience and seeing all the parents, all the teachers, all the kids in my school, yeah. and going, okay, this is the moment where I do this or I don't. And I just went, 
I'm going for it. And I sang and sang and sang and I did my, you know, the whole play and I felt so good. And I reflected on this over the years because it really caused me a lot of pain, you know, it really set me on a journey. And, you know, when I, as an adult and when I look back on this and I go, that was the moment, that was that key moment in my life where I consciously chose to go for it. But I think subconsciously, it set me on my path to be a musician because it was the only place that I felt safe to be myself. Mm-hmm. So after that, I quit music for a while. And then, you know, I would always hang out with musicians. And then when I was um, finished high school, I went back to playing the violin again. Hmm. And I started studying um, at the conservatory with an amazing teacher. And then... Yeah, that for a lot other stories. I've got tons of stories. Yes. You know, I won't tell you them all now. <laughs> but fast forward, I I chose the path of of singing was the next big thing, and that with that connection back to when I was younger, where I consciously made the decision as an adult to sing with the choice for it to be something that comes from a place of joy and love inside and not about being perfect, kind of squeezing the life out of it, which sometimes happens when you're, stu- for me and other people, you're studying at the conservatory and you have to be perfect and you're being mm-hmm. judged and it's like, ah! So singing for me and songwriting became the path for me to be free and share myself unfiltered. And then I got into composing and other instruments and all kinds of things. Beautiful. Quite an experience, huh? Yeah. I mean, we all have these crazy stories. I think that was the big one for me that Mm -hmm. really propelled me into becoming a, you know, a real musician. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in an essence or in an element, it's the music that really defines you. It's that creative expression. Yeah, the way that has defined you for who you are with all your amazing accolades of what you've been involved with, what you've produced and where you've been is really quite profound of how you've been able to channel that in such a positive way. I'm thankful that I had just a little bit of light back then that I could see like a crack of light and I went towards it because yeah it sort of saved me in a way yeah. and I'm thankful for that so yeah 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 from that teacher to your conservatory teacher I always believe that there are pivotal people that show up in your life that yeah. kind of just guide you and give you a little a safe haven to say it's okay. It's okay to grow. It's okay yeah. to be uncomfortable in this spot like I've yeah. got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think those are the moments that, like you, and just like in in my life, and probably like with many, those are the ones and those are the nuggets that we often cherish. Yeah, yeah. Because without absolutely. those, it's not we, we don't really move forward, right? We don't recognize yeah. and identify how much we've changed. So I think that's yeah. so beautiful how you've described it and how you've put it together of these pivotal people. And Mm -hmm. really transforming quite a negative and traumatic experience as a child, changing that to a positive and something that you can use and to fuel you rather than to hinder you. 
So I love that. Thank you. And when I wasn't conscious of that and just sort of living, you know, as a teenager and in my early 20s, I didn't really know why I was doing music. It was just a feeling and just an energy that I was, you know, moving with. But now, you know, when I reflect more deeply on it, I kind of start to recognize it as a path and not just something that feels good, you know, but something that has a purpose to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be really curious, not that we need to go there now, but just later on, maybe we can have this conversation later. (laughs) What was it in, if I can boldly say, the little Becky trying to convince her parents to say, I want to play the violin. And I want, even though there may not have been any musicians or composers or any influences in your family, but for some reason you were hell bent on to try and to just, this is, this is what I want. This is what I want. So what that internal dialogue would have looked like for you is, is curious for me. Yeah. And I wonder if that fuel of what, that fire in your belly, so to speak, is, or was at that time, is a pattern that you can identify as growing up and having all the successes that you have had, can you identify that being repeated? Interesting, yeah. I feel like it's partially genetics. You know, we our parents and grandparents' experiences are passed down in us, you know, so I think my dad was a jazz musician. He died when my mom was pregnant with me, so I didn't ever get to meet him. But I think that that was passed along inside of my DNA. (laughs) I believe that is part of it, for sure. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm fulfilling a destiny in a way. It's not necessarily just mine. Yes. Which brings me to the point of, do you feel that you are in full alignment of your calling of what it is you're destined here to do? I never feel like I'm there, except for when I'm in the moment of in making music, you mm-hmm. know, or in the moment of creation. No, I, I haven't arrived, that's for sure. Yeah. I feel like there's so much to explore and go deeper and just keep finding more effective ways to express myself and to share what life looks like for me with others and hopefully reflect back and forth with others. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely on a path. You know, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes from here. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if the calling of what you're destined to do has been involved with music and the energy and composing and creation and all that piece is so powerfully and so intrinsically ingrained within you. When you're not creating music or singing or writing or composing, what does Rebecca look like? What does that look and feel like? What does that look like? Do you know what's so funny is I never listen to music anymore. I I grew up listening to music all the time. And I haven't figured out why yet, but I feel like having space. There's something about having space to digest 
for me that is really valuable. So in my daily life, I really like to have downtime to resonate and rejuvenate. And I feel like, you know, when I'm cooking, that feels like a creative act. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I love it. Absolutely. You know? and, all these little things like that, you know, I, I love. And then um, there's things that I try really hard to find the creative spirit in it, like vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's yes. harder. That's Don't hard. we all? <laughs> Don't we all, right? Yeah. Make a pretty pattern with a vacuum or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I find that really interesting that you don't, on a day-to-day, really listen to much music or anything. Your external world, so to speak, when you're not working is very still, is very quiet. Somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. I find really interesting. I love chaos and, uh, you know, high energy experiences and things like that but for me they're in packages of time I can't live in chaos all the time some people thrive off that high intensity energy day-to-day sort of thing and for me I like it sort of paced out you know right and and when it comes it's like yes all right (laughs) (laughs) but you have to be ready and prepared for it though right yeah ready and prepared or else have had some downtime that it's the natural next thing to move to you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really interesting (laughs) so in terms of who Rebecca is what are the attributes that you bring when you're in your flow be it composing or singing or collaborating with others because I know you've done a fair bit of collaboration with others as well what part of Rebecca really shines through and comes through, do you feel? I have a, a natural approach to things. To me, it feels like a healthy balance of intellectualizing things and letting things flow when I'm in the space, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it feels sort of, I don't want to say effortless, but... Um, uh, I don't have rituals and things to get me right. in the zone and, you know, right. uh, I don't practice. I don't, I just step into yeah. it. And I think that is something that is a strength for me Yeah, and that works for me. It doesn't work for everyone, you know? Yeah. So I think a sort of casual approach that I have is works well for me and nice. yeah. And I also, when I'm collaborating, I, I'm the kind of person that I want people to feel comfortable and Mm -hmm. feel safe and feel like the space is open. So I sort of set my energy that way so everyone can feel it's like an equal shared moment and hopefully that it's enjoyable and fun too. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find that that's what, an element that you crave for yourself when you're in collaborating or even when you're working solely yourself? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I like a naturalness and a casualness when I'm working with other people. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's comfortable. So when you're creating music or you're in a collaboration with somebody, other than having like an objective, whether it's for a theme song or for a show or for a movie or something, what are the other intentions that you think you would put 
in creating something? Well, I started composing because for many years I've been a singer and a songwriter and that generally sort of revolves around myself and I love I love singing and I love writing songs but I, I felt like I wanted to contribute to something larger and outside of me to so someone else to contribute to someone else's vision Mm -hmm. you know, um, rather than it always being my vision. And that felt like a sort of a newer avenue for me to, to jump into. And, mm -hmm. and composing is, you know, I have connection going way back to composing. So, and to be able to create all different kinds of sounds, not just my voice and yeah. just a guitar or something. And yeah, I think contributing to to a bigger picture, to a community that is an intention for me that mm -hmm. I have in my music. We know you've done so many things. You've supported Shiloh in a Juno nomination and you've collaborated for TV shows and Degrassi, CBC, CH Live and you've been really involved with a lot of very public collaborations. How did you end up getting there? Putting your intention and your focus on your craft to going into those spaces? Well, I would say it's a combination of people helping me along the way. The joy of exploration. Mm -hmm. I did a, my first demo a long time ago, songs that I wrote and I sang them. This is the first time I've ever done this. And the first four songs I wrote, I just recorded those because <laughs> right. they were the ones that I had. Okay. And, and I didn't even think to record them, but my friend, who's an amazing musician, he, he said, oh, you should do a demo. And I said, what's yes. that? <laughs> yes. and, uh, and so, you know, he connected me and with an amazing producer, Joby Baker, this is all on Vancouver Island. And so I did a demo and then Joby suggested I go to a music conference. And so hmm. I went to printed some CDs and, and then I met music publisher there Robert Ott, he was totally supportive. He was in Toronto, I was in Victoria, and we developed a relationship and I would send him songs and eventually he started flying me down to LA to co-write with people and Toronto and, and then he ended up offering me a publishing deal. In that same time while that stuff was going on, I, I made a, a big decision for myself to leave Victoria and move to Toronto Mm -hmm. to open myself up to more opportunities. Mm -hmm. So Robert and I didn't know we were both thinking these things at the same time. He's going to yeah. offer me a deal and I was going to move. And it was, it was that timing thing that happens in the universe. <laughs> yes. and, uh, and it was pretty magical. He gave me a big start in, nice. in my career here in Toronto. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and it just, you know, went from there. Yeah. And then the, you know, Canadian Film Center that came out of a Screen Composers Guild apprenticeship I did there. And yeah, just meeting people, mm -hmm. you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot, a lot of it. And then just continually putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. Yet having the full ownership of your mastery. So of your craft, not to say you've reached the end point, but really owning your skill sets that this is who I am and this is what I bring into the table. 
Yeah. And that's also very scary. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, we all kind of want people to like what we do, right? So, that's right. <laughs> you that's hope. Right. And it's not the, the reason for doing it. But when you put it out there, yes, it's always nice to have feedback that, you know, positive energy. Uh, and I have tried a lot of different things, like different styles of music and mm -hmm. instruments and things experimented to find who I am in mm -hmm. music, you know, mm -hmm. in the path of music. So that has helped me to master things along the way, if yes. I may, yeah, you absolutely. know in the process of right. mastering. <laughs> I would never say master. Well, I don't know. I think you might be selling yourself short there just oh. a little bit. <laughs> well. Do you find yourself always coming back to the comfort of the violin? Does that have a special place for you now you have learned all these other instruments and tools and things like that? The violin is a very emotional instrument for me because I had so much joy playing it. And then I kind of beat the joy out of me by when I was at the conservatory. I had an amazing teacher. He guided me so well. The mental athletics that it took to try not to fall into the trap of trying to be a perfect at it. Mm -hmm. It is so challenging because you're standing up there doing solo violin and audition or something and people are looking for mistakes. They're actually looking for the mistakes you're making and I'm hyper aware of that and I'm an extremely vulnerable and sensitive mm -hmm. person. So that was a challenge for me to sort of figure out how to let that go. And ultimately, what I ended up doing was switching my focus out of the classical world and taking a break from the violin and, and becoming a singer. So that's where the sort of pact I made with myself at that point was, I'm going to sing only from the love of it. And mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I don't care. And I want to be natural and it to be all about energy. And I know that it will develop over time and I'll, I'll become a good singer and I'll become a good songwriter um, yeah. because it's coming from that place, you know. P occasionally pick up the violin these days for, you know, recording or whatever I'm doing. I have a deeply emotional connection mm. to the instrument and it, it's a combination of joy and love and sort of the sadness of the frailty of being human you know it all sort of mixes together for mm -hmm. me so mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting how old were you when you came to that realization of switching from the classical instrument to singing going okay I'm not going to be perfect of it but I'm going to give it a shot mm -hmm. I was in my mid-20s okay yeah yeah time of change in everyone's lives you know you're yeah. sort of becoming a real adult yeah. <laughs> what is that no, I don't know yet I'm missing, I'm missing that too <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. hence the becoming <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah do you recall whether that emotional conversation 
was similar to how you felt when you went on that stage as a child going, everybody's watching me. I know what's just happened. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Did you oh bring yeah. It all back. Yeah, totally. It didn't, you know, it didn't bring up uh, visuals or conscious. I wasn't mm-hmm. conscious of it, but definitely the feeling of being picked out, you know, mm-hmm. in a crowd and mm-hmm. Not only all the negative energy that was surrounding that experience, definitely like mm-hmm. the feeling floods in and it's like freeze, you know, fight yeah. or flight. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. for me, I freeze. I'm like, ah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably a lifelong challenge for me to, mm-hmm. to recognize those moments and mm-hmm. you get better at it as, the, as you continually go through these things. One step at a time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One experience at a time. We become better equipped to deal with the cards that are dealt with us based on the experiences we've had. Yeah. And that's why singing's my refuge. Yeah. Because I don't experience that at all with it. I love singing. Beautiful. Is there an, a part or an element within you that lights up? So you talked about, yes, it's singing that is your refuge, but what does it actually feel like in you when you are in that space of the world is yours and you're it? Yeah, that's a difficult thing to describe. <laughs> I, I mean, I think everyone feels that in different times and in different ways, you know, but it's that feeling of being connected to yourself mm-hmm. and being yourself and sharing yourself and being seen and sort of generosity of giving and taking, you know, with the audience, the sharing, that base of sharing Mm -hmm. is a supportive and open and sort of loving space. It feels like a great shared energy connection, I guess. But do you feel more connected with yourself? Definitely. Yeah. 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 It feels, feels like freedom in a sense. Beautiful. I love that. (laughs) I love that. That's really blessed to be in a space to have that experience. Yeah, it's, um, I'm always thankful that people show up or, (laughs) (laughs) or or buy a CD or something, you know, every single time I am always honored and so happy to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful experience. So what's next for Rebecca? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) What do you want to do next? I'm sort of in this place right now where I'm observing things and letting ideas move through me. I have all kinds of projects I'm in the middle of and working on and wanting to start. And, you know, there's never a lack of that. Yeah, as far as any big changes, I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I always, in the back of my mind, I have sort of a multimedia project that I want to do. There's an idea rumbling around there. And I can compose and songwrite and sing and bring all the elements together. And I love working with dancers. Yeah, might be something there. Yeah. Film and, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what 
We what shall you, see. <laughs> when it shows up and how you navigate through that. Yeah. It's hard to know sometimes whether to jump on something or whether to digest it and be more methodical about it. And yeah, yeah that's, that's the anticipation, I guess, we're all waiting for. Right? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> the anticipation of what is to come and significance of the abundance that can show up, be it through pivotal people that we've met or just an idea that comes into fruition and things yeah. just line up as magically yeah. as they do, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thank you, Narendra. I am. I am excited <laughs> for you because I think you do some really magical pieces and to be able to put all of the elements together on a grander scale is mm -hmm. it's going to be powerful. It's slowly formulating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So Rebecca, I want to say thank you for sharing, for sharing parts of you that you may not necessarily share with random strangers, so to speak, <laughs> <laughs> and allow a glimpse of the inner part of Rebecca and the vulnerability there. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm trusting and hoping that your wisdom and your experiences will support and guide others on finding their mastery and finding their passion and finding that little voice of fulfillment there yeah. that everybody I think is seeking in this world. So yeah, and I'm always happy to help if anyone ever has questions or wants feedback. And again, I'm always happy to, to jam. That's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If anybody is interested in connecting with Rebecca, website rebeccaeverett.ca. And I want to say once again, thank you so much, Rebecca. Yeah, thanks, Naranjan. Thanks for having me. I'm Naranjan, and you've been listening to Master of Your Crafts podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and join me next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.